Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday. Oh my god, this is going to be a disaster. Thursday, November 14th, 2019. I am your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, Got some bad news, guys. Only a, a few days after joining the show, Matt Sheehan has been fired by me. Uh, just due to general incompetence, horrible takes... And just an all-around unpleasant personality to spend time talking to. So, no, I'm just kidding. Matt is traveling. Uh, We are both traveling today. It's Wednesday night as I record this. And we are both traveling long distances today (laughs) on airplanes at completely and wildly different times. And just couldn't make a schedule meet uh, at, at some point. So... Couldn't make it work, so no Matt today. He'll be back tomorrow, though, uh, to help preview the uh, Michigan-Michigan State game. So no worries there. He does have a surprise for us, a treat, if you will, for today's show. We'll get to that in a little bit. Just some quick background, some context that's important for you to know as we enter this show. I am on two hours of sleep. I... Did not go to bed until very late last night. Got up very early in the morning to go to the airport and have since been spending the day moving about, flying, driving, doing different things. And I am just at a point where uh, the brain isn't working quite at 100%. We're kind of firing on like a quarter of cylinders. You know, they're firing on all cylinders. We're not firing on all cylinders. We're skipping beats. We got oil leaking everywhere. The engine's starting to seize up. It's not great. But it's not all bad because Stephen Brooks is going to join the show for, uh, he doesn't know it yet, but for segments two and three. Uh, and he's going to carry my tired, you know what, across the finish line because no Matt today to help <laughs> ease the burden of content means. Uh, of problems for me when I'm on two hours of sleep. So it just it, it's it's just going to be a disaster. And if I say something that is just, I won't say anything wildly inappropriate, but I might start a sentence and then just do another sentence or talk like I just did there and forget the uh, the appropriate word that I'm trying to use. Just let it slide, guys. You know, I work hard. I do a lot for you. Burden of content's high. I'm going to forget some words today. <laughs> All right, let's uh, start talking about today's show. Reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is the easiest way to get these episodes to your phone every single day, and you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Michigan State and Seton Hall. We've got the Gavit Games tip off. Uh, I'm not going to do that on my own. I'll do that with Steven, um, but yeah, we will do some of that. Uh, in terms of a preview, not a ton. It's tough because we're kind of compressing a football game and a basketball game here in a couple days. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, with Steven, and then we'll also get into some football stuff with him as well. We've got Michigan, Michigan State this weekend, and I want to jump off the show here with a couple of voicemails from Matt. Uh, I do need to apologize to uh, Nate, who left a voicemail over the weekend. I, I think we're just not going to have time to play it, Nate. It's tough. I don't have the um, the tools, I guess, 
uh, to play it so Matt and I can both hear it and it gets picked up in terms of recording. So there's just not a real like genuine way to play voicemails when it's both of us on the show. Uh, and we, you know, today maybe I could have done it, but it's too late <laughs> in the process. And we've just got too much stuff going on with, with Steven joining the show. And again, that brings up the the issue of two people trying to listen to one voicemail. It just doesn't work when you're not in the same spot, unfortunately. So my apologies there, but I got a couple from Matt uh, that we're going to play, and then we'll see where we're at time-wise. Um, maybe I'll say some things about Seton Hall or something like that, but that's the that's the plan for today's show. Let's um, Let's start the day by checking in with Matt because I've been talking for four straight minutes and I need to stop talking. Hey, Will. Hey, uh, all you beautiful listeners out there. Um, I'm in a car right now. You could probably hear that. I'm just on my way to the NCAA offices to get everything set up for Joey Hauser's visit. Um, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, introducing a new segment before basketball games. Uh, we're going to call it What Scares Me? What Scares Matt? Because I am a very frightened person. Uh, with Miles Powell, Miles Powell out of the game. Try that name again, excuse me. With Miles Powell out of the game, I look at Seton Hall's height. They have three players that are 6'10 or taller, and I don't know why, that just gives me the willies. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle for the likes of, you know, Marcus Bingham to go against, or, for example, perhaps Xavier Tillman, although I'm not actually that worried about him. Who I am actually worried about is uh, young guys like uh, Julius Marble and Thomas Kithier. So that should be a good battle down low in the paint for Seton Hall. Other than that, though, not a lot scares me. So that's all I got for you guys. All right, um, I'll let you know when I get kicked out of the NCAA offices. Until then, stay great, you people. I'm actually really glad he <laughs> snuck in some basketball takes there because it actually is a nice little transition here. So Miles Powell, the name he mentioned there, was uh, the preseason Big East Player of the Year, one of the guys who was potentially going to be in the Player of the Year conversation. Uh, super high-volume scorer that is pretty efficient, not the most efficient. He actually had, he got off to a nice start. It's only two games, really a, a game in, in a little bit because he, he sprained his ankle against uh, crap, whoever they played. doesn't matter. Stony Brook, I think it may have been. Um, but he is was... Uh, you know, a, a top guard, top player coming into uh, the country and his conference uh, in the nation, their best player for sure, uh, can shoot it, shoots a lot of threes and hits them from a decent clip, um, is a really good free throw shooter, gets to the free throw line a lot, um, you know, is huge in possession, takes a lot of their shot, just a really important player for them. Um and a good shooter on high volume. And so that's a, a big plus for Michigan State that he is not going to be playing. Um, whatever he says, I think it's a badly sprained ankle. If I'm, I read some reports, hopefully it's not too long just for his sake and for the sake of college basketball. But this is a guy who, uh, like in the NCAA tournament when they lost last year, had 27 points um, to go with a you know, few assists, few rebounds. Scored 25 uh, in the Big East tournament. Uh, 22, 31, 20, 34, 35. Like, these are his scoring totals. I'm just going down the line, not skipping any games. Um, so he's a dude who can absolutely fill it up. Miles Powell will not be playing. 
But yeah, there's, um, gosh, I do not know how to say this name. Sandro Mamushka, Mamukilashvili, Mamukilashvili, it doesn't matter. He's a big guy, 6'11", 240, junior. It's one of the guys Matt referred to, uh, someone who hits the offensive glass a lot and is kind of, uh, seems like he just probably dunks a lot because his two-point percentage is super sky high. Um and then you got guys like you know, Tyree Samuel's young, but he's big. Romaro Gill is interesting because he's seven foot two, and his block percentage is really good. So he's another guy that's really big, um, plays defense, and finishes efficiently around the basket. Um, so yeah, that, that's a little bit what he's looking at with the, the height guys, and that could be certainly a challenge. Uh, we'll talk more with Steven uh, about some specific things that I think could be a challenge and where he's looking uh, for this game. We'll do that in a little bit. Let's uh, let's check back in with Matt, though. So it turns out, uh, dressing up as Sandra Bullock and trying to enter the NCAA offices is, uh, quote, frowned upon, and I had to leave the premise, otherwise you're going to get the tasers involved. So here I am, now driving back home, in a wig, makeup, and some sharp clothing. Uh, just thinking about what I'm looking forward to for the Seton Hall game. There's three things that I'm looking forward to. One is to see Aaron Henry play against a pretty solid marquee team like Seton Hall. I know, obviously we saw that against Kentucky. But I'm hoping that we can see him for two entire halves instead of getting auto-benched just three minutes into the game. Um, what else I'm looking forward to, and this is something I'm going to say until he drops a 20-burger, is I'm looking forward to Rocket Watts hopefully probably find it his game. Getting the ball in the basket, obviously he did that against Binghamton, but the shooting three of ten, that shot's going to come along. I really hope it comes against Seton Hall. And once again, I, I just want to see it for a third game of just the Kithier and Bingham rotation go to work. And just like I said earlier, it's going to be a good matchup against the length that Seton Hall has to offer. So, yeah, as I'm driving back in the middle of the night, um, those are the three things that are getting me through this drive. Is those three things that we get to see on Thursday night. All right, guys. See ya. I just miss him so much already. All right, Stephen Brooks coming up uh, in just a second. All right, so uh, we're going to bring in Stephen Brooks now. Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. <laughs> uh, good friend of the program. We just, like, did IT solutions there for, like, 10 minutes to try to get this thing going, dude. Oh, so we are talking to you on uh, two two tin cans and a string right now. So I hope this works out. This, our normal, whatever, for, I think, I don't know, the internet must not be great where I'm at or, or something. Uh, for whatever reason, the normal conferencing recording software we use was not working at all. And so we had to jerry-rig a Zoom conference together, swap hosting duties, and just it was a it was a mess um but now we're recording this on that so if it sounds terrible i'm so sorry i hope it'll be okay but uh yeah this is what we got to deal with steven how you doing bud uh how am i doing uh, i am super busy dude i'll just keep it real i'm super yeah. busy and i'm I'm in that I'm, I'm so busy that like i'm in this mode now where like even if i sit for like 15, 20 minutes, I'm like nervous. Like, wait, should, what should I be doing? There's something else out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not to just complain about my job. Like, I, I love what I'm doing, but there's a lot going on right now. It, it's a, This is maybe the busiest week of the year just with football and then basketball and people 
passing away and just things are happening recruiting basketball signing <laughs> just happened football signing is a month away like it's it's yeah it's crazy right now but we appreciate you making time as always Absolutely. um you don't know this but i'm about to fill you in the listeners already know this i am currently running on about two hours of sleep oh dang. so yeah i've been traveling um matt's not with us because he's traveling too um and that that's uh yeah so that's kind of how we ended up with you you don't know this but you're gonna have to carry the show here for the next like 10 minutes or so all right i'm out of gas that works that works I'll, I'll take you to the finish line buddy great let's uh let's start with basketball um michigan state traveling like it's really cool that they got like a true road game against a true legitimate opponent maybe a little bit of luster's loss with miles powell's injury um, but just heading into this game, what are some of your broad thoughts about Michigan State uh, taking on Seton Hall here? Yeah, uh, I know Tom Izzo is, is worried about their size. Um, yeah. And, and so that will be interesting because that's something he's sort of uh, – that's sort of been a, a low-key concern of his really all year. It's something he's sort of slipped in from time to time uh, when he's talking about his team. Um, you know, usually he talks about sort of the, the youth or just the, the unknowns in the lineup and the rotation, but uh, – the, there's a there is a lack of size uh, uh, on this team right now, so um, they're going to be tested in that way. So I'm interested to see that. Um, of course, what uh, happens with Cassius Winston and whether he plays and how he plays uh, will mm-hmm. will be of interest. Um, so those are probably the main two things. Uh, and you know, then the sort of the spinoff of Cassius, I think, is still a a really interesting story um, on the court in terms of how much they can count on Foster Lawyer. Uh, whether we see a couple more of those little stints from Rocket Watts at the one and things like that. Yeah, uh, let's go right into that with Foster Lawyer and Rocket Watts. I have been – it's only two games, but I've been pretty kind of underwhelmed, disappointed. I thought Foster Lawyer would be able to take kind of a step and at least look comfortable to the point where he can initiate offense and maybe start to make some plays and do some things right now. It looks like he's still kind of fighting just to swim, to keep his head above water. Is that sort of what you've seen from him through two games? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the fact that uh, Rocket was at the point in the Kentucky game when, when Cassius yeah. was in foul trouble, that was telling. Um, and then even against Binghamton, like you said, it wasn't, wasn't really impressive to me. He, he, he looks like pretty much the exact same guy as last year. And that's a, uh, it's a guy who has some high-level talents, some Big Ten-level abilities in terms of his IQ and his shot and his feel, you know, things like that. But um, it just his physical limitations don't allow him to put those into use, you know. I mean, he's playing against lesser talent for the most part uh, against a Binghamton and stuff. But, you know, these guys have three and four inches on them and 20-plus pounds on them and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's just – it's just too much to overcome, it seems like. You know, he's – He's not seeing guys. He, the passing lanes are just are completely covered up. Uh, you know, you don't even have to be an extra long guy to sort of just blanket him in that way and, and yeah. limit him um, in a lot of different ways. So that's troubling, and I don't think that's somebody, you know, unless he grows six inches, I don't really know how to get over that. Yeah, it seems um, maybe he finds a way to adjust. I mean, he's a smart kid, and he's a really, really good basketball player. So I'm not counting him out yet, but he's got to find a way to sort of settle in and find his way through like guys who are a foot taller than him. Um, if he's ever going to make an impact, sort of staying in that same area, Rocket Watts, 
Uh, interesting start to his career. Not the start he wants, I'm sure. Just the shooting has not been great. What do you want to see from him in terms of progression? Because I'm willing to give him some time because, A, he's not a spot-up shooter. He's a very much um, off-the-dribble shooter, quick shooter, uh, come off the screen, hit it. Um, you know, more of a playmaking type guy. And so I think that sort of stuff is all rhythm and just the distance is a big change for a guy who shoots like that as opposed to someone who's just sitting in the corner shooting. So I think the shooting is going to come. What do you need to see from him, though, that's going to give you confidence uh, in him just moving forward and kind of, I don't know, it seems like he's hit his freshman wall a little bit early. Uh, I mean, to me, I've already been pretty impressed with him, honestly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe he hasn't had the big explosive start that you expect from, like, these top 50 kids these days. But, you know, I I don't know. I think you look between the lines and his passing has been – has really blown me away for a guy who's known for Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's Trey Young or whatever, but considering, you know, you you sort of think of him as just a bucket getter, he he can really pass. uh, And he's he's been – He's been more than solid defensively. So mm-hmm. both aspects, you know, he's not a liability on the floor by any means. But I do think you want to see that that bucket kidding mentality that he was known for in high school and everything. Um, he's got to be a guy you can just throw it to on the wing and, you know, uh, eight to ten seconds later he's going to have made something happen and scored on somebody, you know, however that is. Uh, you know, um, maybe he could, he could slash to the rim a little bit more the way we saw Aaron Henry doing so often last year. Um, yeah, not doing as much of that anymore, uh, at least through two games. So, um, but yeah, more than anybody, just somebody who can create his own shot and can create offense and really fill it up because that's that's what they're missing right now. Yeah, and he's got a cleaner handle already than Henry. And oh, yeah. when he sort of gets things going towards the bucket in that kind of way, slashing and passing, um, yeah, he's going to be awesome. I'm 100% in <laughs> on, on Rocket Watts. Um, I just I think you know the shooting's going to come, uh, and the defense is already is already there. Uh, I do want to talk lastly here before we transition to football um, about Aaron Henry and the start he's gotten off to. He's so intriguing to me; like he is an absolute dynamo on the defensive end, and you can see some strides in his game on the offensive end. His stroke looks better already. And he looks like when he gets into the paint, to me at least, he goes there with more of a purpose. Not like, I'll get there and figure it out. He goes there, he's like, all right, I'm doing this, this, and this, and this is how I'm getting a bucket. And it's led to just more confident play in that area, more consistent play in that area. What have you been seeing from him uh, so far uh, through really like a game and a half getting into foul trouble there against Kentucky? But what have you seen from him so far, uh, and what do you want to see moving forward? Yeah, I think a lot of the same things as you. I I love watching him play, Um, and he's a great dude to talk to. But, you know, every time he takes off toward the rim – you just hold your breath. I was trying to think of what what he reminded me of the other day, and I finally settled on. I think this is what I'm. I think this is what I'm feeling. Um, when he takes off in the lane, uh, it's like when Adrian Peterson and his prime reach the second level. You know, with a full head of steam. He's, he's mm-hmm. just. I don't mean to keep making football references all the time, but like that's that's what he reminds me of. Is just. The way Adrian Peterson used to be able to bust through that second level and you just knew no one was bringing him down, that's exactly how it looks once he decides, oh, I'm driving this thing. Because he just is a freaking freight train. And then he yeah, just he is. over everybody. And, uh, yeah, every time he drives it, you just hold your breath because it might be something awesome about to happen. Um, but, yeah, I do still want to see the refinement of his offensive skill set. Dribbling is still not a strength. Uh, the three-point shot I think will pretty – I think it'll be pretty inconsistent, honestly. It's a weapon, but 
you know, I don't think he'll be uh, super reliable there. I don't see him getting above like the mid thirties, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mostly just a refinement of the offensive game. You know, all the raw tools obviously are there and he's a guy who can give you energy. Great, great defender. Um, but I just like to see him get a uh, clean up some of that, some of that offensive stuff and just really round out everything. Yeah, heaven help us all if he ends up being like a 40% three-point shooter. Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah, luck. Then you're in trouble. <laughs> all right, we're going to switch uh, gears here and talk a little bit of football. There's a bit, There's a football game this weekend. Did you know that? I did. Somehow I did <laughs> remember that. There's, like I said, there's so much going on that it's weird. You know, the, it's usually this is the, this is the uh, you know, the, yeah. the show. And, yeah, there's so much other stuff going on that it's just kind of another thing. But I guess yeah, that's we'll, the we'll, mood around the football team. Yeah, it's part. We can talk a little bit about that. We'll do that in a second, real quick. Manscaped is number one in men's blow the belt grooming. Get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you, I know you've been listening to shows a little bit this week because you texted me about something I said. But uh, Sheehan and I were talking a little bit how the juice isn't just like quite there, and it's partially because it's late in the season in Michigan State season has kind of gone to hell. And then I think basketball certainly plays into it as well uh, with, you know, it's, it's easy to turn the page from Michigan state football to basketball when you've got a national contending team on one end and a four and five team on the other end. What has your vibe been so far? Just like, does it feel any different or like, is it just sort of a timing of uh, or a product of the timing of the game? Do you think? Uh, I don't know because I'm not, you know, I'm not in an office with a bunch of Spartans and Wolverines where we, where all that trash talk happens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do read a lot of comments, obviously, on our message board from fans and everything. I just think there's a there's such a general apathy about the football program, period. Yeah. Um, I don't even think it's relative – you know, it's, I don't think it's specific about this game. There's just so much meh, you know, about the whole deal. And then when you – you know, there, there's, there's a lot of lost hope in general. So why would there be hope about this game um, is kind of how I've read everything. Should there be hope for this game? I mean, probably. I, I, yeah. I mean, you look at what they did. Look, you know that they're going to at least come out guns blazing. You know, whether they get pounded over four quarters and just sort of wear down mentally and, and confidence-wise and physically, uh, you know, that could easily happen. Uh, Michigan's playing way above where they were earlier in the season, and, and MSU's probably at its lowest point uh, mentally, you would imagine. But um, – Still, and I mean, I know you look at this. You look back at that first half against Illinois, and there was a lot to like, I thought. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. agree, but I mean, it was, they were productive. <laughs> they were creative. I thought that was one of the best halves that Brad Salem has called, and, and a lot of things were working. If they could sort yeah. of bottle that and get a little bit of that, I'm still confident they'll shut down the running game. I don't know if they'll be able to defend the passing game at all. That's been a real liability lately. Um, yeah. If you can get a little bit of that Illinois first half production – step up defensively if the if the emotion can you know create a turnover or two or a big play um you know it could be close and we've seen this happen but uh you know there's 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 not a lot I I guess it doesn't feel like that's gonna happen I'll say that (laughs) it certainly doesn't um yeah that first half of the game though the line was doing a good job Eli Collins was doing a really great job and then schematically Salem was just kind of like, all right, I got like three or four guys here that are really good with the ball in their hands. I'm just going to try to get them the ball a bunch. And I thought I was like, hey, that's kind of simple and makes sense, doesn't it? Um, crazy. So, crazy. Yeah, stuff. crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely bananas. Oh, it's so weird. It worked. 
uh, and then stop doing it. Um, but yeah, this, uh, <laughs> we'll see if it's first half. It, it, you really got like a kind of a good encapsulation of Michigan State football this year um, in that game in a lot of ways. What do you think, like, I don't know, what, what is a big thing Michigan State has to do in this game to be able to kind of hang in it and have a puncher's chance, do you think? What's, like, the most important thing? I, I go back to what I was uh, – so I think the, the pass defense has to have its probably best game of the season because, I, yeah. I like I said, I still think you can rely on, their, on those guys to stop the run. Um, I don't see them getting gashed there at all. Uh, especially in a, in a very emotional game where they know what this is all about. I think they're, I think they'll come out and, and stuff the run really well. Um, and then, you know, secondarily, you need a, a you know, an A level game from Lewerke at least. Yeah. A plus. Uh, he's got to be great, but you, you just can't get torched uh, and have the big plays in the air that we've seen pretty much throughout the season. You know, the penalties or the big plays. It, it's got to be the pass defense holding up to give him a shot, in my opinion. This is something Matt and I talked about, and you're someone who you have to be concerned with narrative a bit because that's your job is to write game stories. So you get need you need to know, you know, and, and pay attention to stories. Do you think it matters at all, or is intriguing in any way that sort of D'Antonio gets this one last stand, perhaps against the team that really helped fuel his rise that he sort of stood on the backs of? to make everything he made at Michigan State. Do you, does that interest you at all? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's his last go around. Uh, I do know that it's his last opportunity to make people have any kind of good feeling about this season. Um, I think that's uh, indisputable. Um, I actually agree with uh, – I've heard Graham Couch say this a couple times, and I do agree with him, uh, so I can't take credit for the thought. But he, he's basically said that uh, – you know, this would sort of remind people what D'Antonio is all about and what his run has been all about and everything. And if it is the end, whether it's this year, next year, or whatever, but um, as bad as things have gone, you know, he could at least remind people one last time, like, this is why you first sort of loved me and this is how we first mm-hmm. turned around. Uh, I agree with that. I think that there's value in that and everything. Um, so that's kind of how I see that. But, you know, at this one, I, I don't know if that'll be his last one or not, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean by it. It's like, it's almost like the last, like he could earn back just like you, you and Graham were kind of saying, like he could really earn back some goodwill here. Like it feels like it, a lot of people are all the way out, but if, if Michigan state comes out, punches Michigan in the mouth and wins this game, I think a lot of people are going to jump right back in because I mean, that's a massive swing from how down the fan base is right now to winning that game in that sort of way, uh, like doing it again and just all the stuff that goes with it, that like that could earn him a lot of goodwill within the fan base that he's kind of shed over the last six weeks or so, you know? I would say some. I don't know about a lot. Some, uh, to me, you know, I, I, you know, I think it'd be a, you know, just a, sort of a shot uh, in the arm real quick. People would be happy for a week or so, but that when you still yeah. end up in whatever no-name bowl they're in, you still look at <laughs> – you know, seven wins probably at the end of the year after that. Yeah. Um, I think there'd still be a lot of frustration and a lot of those same issues would still be there, quite honestly. Yeah, it's almost like a mini vacation. <laughs> like, yeah, this yeah, is great. Just a escape for a little bit. Yeah, and then you go if back it, home. If it like, this last year, it'd be a great way to go out, you know, because nothing's yeah, gone yeah, right yeah. this year. But, you know, I don't know what he's thinking on that front. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't disagree with you, but I think you might be underestimating a little bit 
just a little bit the importance of this game to the MSU fan base and just how much it really means to beat Michigan. Like, we'll see if it happens. But I I think maybe not a lot of goodwill, but he can earn back more than just a little bit. so that that would be something interesting to to check out for sure if Michigan State's able to pull this thing uh, off. Last thing here, what do you I don't know like play this thing out for me. How do you sort of see it, it going? What are the big things that are going to decide this and sort of who has the advantage, knowing that Michigan is you know near a two touchdown favorite? Uh, I still I I would picture it being close in the first half, a one score game probably either way. Um, I do you know. I'd, it's uh, all the cliches and everything. Everybody knows it. But, I mean, this, sure. is, this is a big game, and I think that emotion um, goes a long way for Michigan State. And, you know, they desperately want to get out of a rut. And to have this opportunity to be the game that, that pulls them out of it will just sort of amp that up even more. Um, you know, they are a beaten-up team. They're still going to be starting these, these two freshmen on the offensive mm-hmm. line. I don't think you'll have a Jalen Naylor there unless they got a ace up their sleeve. Maybe a Kevin Jarvis could could sneak back in there, but uh, mm-hmm. um, I expect a, a close first half and uh, the second half will be determined on on those two things I said still earlier: whether the pass defense can hold up, not get beat deep repeatedly, not commit penalties that extend drives, and then if Lewerke can, you know, he's probably playing well if they're if it's a one score game in the first half, he's got to carry that through and probably play even better in that second half. Um, he really has to play one of his, you know, what, three best games probably yeah. win this thing. Yeah, and he's, you know, it's not a lot. He doesn't have to reach a level he's never reached before, but he just has to – he has to be first half Illinois, not second half Illinois, um, so to speak, just to simplify it a little bit there. All right, Stephen, thanks so much. Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com. Thank you for carrying me. Uh, to the end of the show here. Check out all his work at 24-7 Sports. Does a great job covering the team and with recruiting uh, and all that. I didn't get a chance to ask you about Monterey Foster. Um, we're going to do that. Remind me next time you come on. I want to talk about him. Uh, all right. It is basketball sign day. Did you talk about that already? Because that's kind of important too. No, but there's <laughs> so much going on. Well, all right. That's I for tomorrow. Check back tomorrow, folks. <laughs> and I'm exhausted, but thanks so much uh, for doing it. And we'll uh, we'll catch up with you down the road as always. All right. Appreciate it, man.